Are you excited? We got three angry young men in our Three room angry right now. young white men. We we are recording. We're starting this recording an hour and a half past the hour later than yeah. usual time we scheduled to record yeah. because we could not stop kvetching about, about stuff our in the world. Stupid lives. You're looking at or listening this to is three stressed out dudes. And this is gonna be a fun ass episode. <laughs> oh boy. This is gonna be a barrel of monkey dicks right here. I'm Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. This is producer Ben, <gasps> aka Ben Ducer, aka producer Ben, aka the Haas, aka the Poet Laureate, aka Mister Positive. And may I hello, say hello, Fennel? fennel. Oh, yeah, hey, thank you. You're very welcome. And a hello, Fennel, to you. This is uh, Griffin David present uh, Attack of the Podcast. Yep, a show in which we talk about the second Phantom Menace movie. Yep, uh, Attack of the Clones. Um, I ate a Five Guys cheeseburger at 11.30 this morning. Uh, I haven't eaten. I ordered Domino's at 1.40. That's disgusting. Uh, yeah, How I'm, could you order Domino's? You live in New York City. I'm in a really dark place. <laughs> it's it's like Domino's is kind of like my heroin where I only do it when I want to destroy myself. Does it come with a dipping sauce? Uh, you can't order one. I didn't. I didn't. Sauce. I didn't want to treat myself that nice. Yeah, I didn't deserve yeah, it. They have garbage. the pizza with the little hot dog. Oh no, that is Pizza Little Hut. Caesar. That oh, is Pizza that's Hut. yes, correct. Pizza Hut. Oh, that's Pizza Hut. With the Little detachable Caesar. pig in blankets as the crust. Yes. Although then, if you detach them, you just kind of have a, a cheese triangle. Like mm-hmm. it's a little hard to eat the rest of it. You're you just know, a crustless to... pizza. <laughs> yeah. No one would buy crustless pizza, and that's what I don't they're selling. They're selling crustless pizza with some free pigs and blankets. A Little Caesar now has a pretzel pizza. Ooh, pizza's a pretzel. <laughs> Guys, we live in a terrible world. <laughs> We were, we're just talking about the fat Jew and Vine Stars, a yeah, lot people, of things. No, but to be clear, we're talking about a man who self-identifies as the fat Jew. <laughs> Not just a random fat Jew that right. we are pejoratively re- referring to that way. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, there's so many ways we could take that joke. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who the funniest reference was. Mm, I don't think so. I don't know. Um, so welcome, yeah, episode six of Attack of the Podcast. Attack of the Podcast. Episode, what, 17 of, of Griffin and David Present? We did 11 plus Judging the Judge. No, Oh, yeah, we did, so 18. This is 18. 18. Wow. Uh, 18. We, we, you realize we've done over 24 hours of <laughs> oh, we should We should smush it all into one big thing that someone to listen to. Oh, before we start... Uh, we have to talk about Michael Jackson maybe playing Jar Jar Banks before I can't forget that. Yes, we do have uh, a little housekeeping to do. Yeah, I'd, like to, I'd like to say it's this. Been two weeks. I'd like to say this one thing before we even say that. Go At ahead. the request of Hello Fennel himself, mm. guys, please rate, oh, review, oh, and subscribe iTunes. on iTunes. Yeah. this has been 18 straight weeks of Ben telling us to do that, and you never do it. Never, never do, do it. it. Hey guys, well, yeah, rate it's and review. So us. easy. Yeah, just. We subscribe if you're already subscribed. Leave yeah. a comment. Five. Let stars. me see if I can find a review. You, you knock us up the the charts if you do so. Uh, I, it's so easy to do. You yourself, I think, posted two separate reviews. Mm-hmm. Yep. We do have a perfect ten for ten right now. Is that true? We have ten five star ratings. I'm a little nervous to ask people to rate because I don't. I like that we we have quality over quantity. Mm, I think quantity is crucial. Though. Quantity would be great. Uh, at, at, at in terms of iTunes metrics, I don't really yeah, know though. Definitely, we're all so angry right now. We're seething. We with are rage really. We're all about boiling a, a over. myriad of topics. None of which we should really be that mad. We're not going. We no, should probably chill out about no everything. things in our personal lives, things in the media, um, uh, pixels, uh, box office uh, gross this weekend. We need to see pixels. I almost proposed like a a halt in Attack of the Pockets so we could just talk about pixels? pixels. Maybe we'll do that next week. Pick pick and picks pick and picks. Pixels, pixels, the litter. Pixel picks. Pixel picks. Pic- pixel of the litter. Uh, have pixel you seen it? I have not. I've yeah, been waiting. Yeah, we need to see it to do a temper uh, yeah, podcast we, we mini series. 
Um, okay, Jar Jar Binks, actor. Oh, yeah. So I'm my invest. friend Alex Barron, shout out Alex Barron, he emailed me right away saying, like, yeah. you guys need to talk about this on the next episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, He did an interview about now. He is dead. Ahmed Best? <laughs> oh, no, Ahmed Best, sorry. Ahmed Michael Best. Jackson is dead, though. Ahmed Best, the actor who gave us Jar Jar Binks, did an interview now looking back 16 years later on mm-hmm. his whole experience, the, the sort of uh, uh, bile that was thrown at him. Yeah. For playing an orange frog. Right. <laughs> in a bad movie. Yeah. Um, and it was like looking back on his whole experience. It was his first acting job. He had been a performer in Stomp. It was like his yeah, first he was in Stomp, role. Right. And it's a fascinating interview. And he talks about it actually with a, with a uh, I think, surprising poison grace and okay. a clear-eyed sort of sense of everything it was. Yeah. But the big thing that came out was he said he, when they were filming, George Lucas brought them to a Michael Jackson concert. Uh, that sounds right. So like Natalie Portman and Jake Lloyd and Ahmed Bass went. And they went back to What a crew. The Mod Squad. <laughs> my, my holy trinity. Yeah, he was going to, George Lucas's next thing was going to reboot the Mod Squad again. <laughs> with only Jake two Lloyd. years later with Natalie Jake Lloyd. Portman. Jake Lloyd in the Giovanni Rabisi role. Right. Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman in the Claire Danes role. Yeah. And Ahmed Best in the Omar Epps role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have killed it. Oh, of course. Uh, if only Phantom Menace had done better than being the third highest grossing film of all time, maybe that would have gotten greenlit. The three lead actors of the <laughs> what a, third highest. What a shout out to the Mod Squad reboot! I know, right? The original actors. I don't even. I can't even name the original actors. Anyway, uh, uh, Peggy cool. Lipton, mother Peggy of, Lipton. of um, uh, Rashida Jones. Oh, uh, cool! Yeah. I, I don't remember yeah, yeah, the other. Yeah. Two. And Lipton's Ice Tea. Yeah, she was the mother of Lipton's <laughs> Ice Tea that came out of her. Um, All right, birthing canal. Um, just, I just want to read one of our reviews. Uh, Queen of the Moon says, "If only I could give this podcast a Portman's dozen of stars." That's really funny. I like that a lot. See? Um, Ben looks like he has notes, but also was just holding up a page with a lot of doodles. He's looking very intently at a page in a notebook where he's just, just scribbled out it's a just bunch chicken of words. scratch. <laughs> okay. okay, end of the story. So he brings him backstage. Michael Jackson. To meet Michael Jackson. And he's like, hi, this is Jake Lloyd. And, oh, hi, nice to meet you, Jake Lloyd. And Jake Lloyd's like, oh, are you an angel? And it's like Natalie Portman. And <laughs> she's like, I will not allow this committee. And he's like, nice to meet you too. And then mm-hmm. he's like, um. This is all word for word from the interview. Yeah. And it's like, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, this is Ahmed Best. Uh, he plays Jar Jar. And Michael Jackson was like, oh. Wow, he threw shade. And Ahmed Best was like, afterwards, he was like, what was, what was up with that? With Michael Jackson's voice dropping 17 octaves suddenly. And he went, uh, Michael really wanted to play Jar Jar. It's insane. Now, I have a quick take on this. Yes. Movie would have been better if Michael Jackson no played question. Jar Jar. I don't think there's any question at all. Because, one, any accusation of like, racism or the part being bad mm-hmm. would be washed away by like, yeah, but Michael Jackson's crazy. Yeah. You know? He just so, doesn't know how people behave. Yeah, so there would be a lot less, like, uh, things, you know, a lot less anger thrown around because, of, well, you know, it's Michael Jackson. What do you expect? But it's also, and this ties into what our episode uh, today is circusing, uh, circling around, circusing oh, yeah. on. Um, this, this this is our second, a real circus. our second performance review. Woo! In which we review every single acting performance in... Attack of the Clones. And a big thing... Until we get tired of going down the IMDb credits list, which is Um, very long. I think the big thing we talked about in the Phantom Menace performance review is that this was such a big movie. You had all these actors, various levels of, you know, uh, established cred and, and, um, you know, uh, very different backgrounds and everything. But the big thing they had in common was I think no one wanted to question what Georgie Porgy was telling them to do. Sure. Here's this guy. He's made massively successful movies. American Graffiti and all... Some other, yeah, he, yeah, and he's producing producer. Anna Jones films. Oh boy, yeah, um, huge hits. Uh, and so, like, no one's gonna stand up to him and say, like, I want to do it this way instead. 
Michael Jackson's a lunatic, was a lunatic, R.I.P. R.I.P., Mike. And he would have just been like, ah, George, I'm going to have a... It's quite possible. I think fuck I want. George may have just realized, yeah, this is not someone I'm going to be able to direct. Yeah, He might have right. just rewritten the part and played it however he wanted to. Do you know why cool. it didn't happen? Why? Um, creative differences. Uh, it sounded like it was very close to happening, wow. except Michael Jackson wanted to do the entire performance practically. He wanted to be in front of the uh... camera, in makeup, in a suit. And George was like, no, it has to be digital. Do you want to be the voice? And he was like, no, I don't want to be the fucking voice. That's how he said it. Yeah. yeah. His voice dropped another octave. <laughs> no, I don't want to be the fucking I voice. I don't want to be the fucking voice. See you later, George. <laughs> Michael Jackson, what a weirdo. I still think he would have been better. No question he would have been yeah. better. Yeah, R.I.P. Mike. Uh, but, it, but this interview made me realize it was perhaps not on my best fault. He was told, hey, you're in Star Wars, episode one, the Phantom Mass is going to be the start of a Big massive franchise. franchise. Who knows how many films he's going to make after We're gonna this. We're going to make a zillion toys with your... You know, frog face on it. And he's like, great, what do I have to do? And they go, just do it exactly as it's written. Yeah, right, right, right. Is that what he says? That he was just doing it as it was written? No, but I'm saying that's what he did. Well. I don't think he creatively reinterpreted I think the script as written is like, oh, Misa Usa doo-doo. You know, like, <laughs> we talked about this a lot in the last performance review. Um, there's one more thing I want to do, housekeeping. Oh. Uh, did you watch the silent cut that was sent to us? I haven't watched it yet. Okay, but you're you're aware of this? Oh, of course. I mean, it's... I watched I did I watched some of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finding it right now. I'm too because I want to I want to get the proper title. Um, okay, uh, so our uh, friend of the show, listener Colin Colin Scott, Twitter handle Colin It Quits with two L's and Colin, um, posted. He didn't edit. I believe it's 15 minutes long. Yeah, that's it. I watched. I don't know, two or three minutes of it before. I was like on the subway or something. I watched the whole thing. It's called Silent Attack, and it was inspired by a comment I had made yep. that George has said that he views these as like silent movies and that the dialogue is wallpaper and it's just about the ships moving. Right. And that maybe perhaps we should put it to the test and see if the film would work. Just with the music. You strip it of color, you just have the music and the actions, and you see if it plays like an old silent serial. Yeah. I gotta say, it's kind of fucking rad. It is. It's great. He picked a couple scenes, so we're not getting the whole movie, and I don't know if every single scene would work, but he picked the opening. Um, yeah, he's the, got the title, and then he has the whole assassination attempt stuff. Yeah. Then he has the speeder chase, but yeah. he cuts out a lot of stuff in the middle. Sure. But there are a couple dialogue scenes where he created, like, inner titles, like right. old movie-style inner titles, where you'll see the characters flap their mouths, and then it'll cut to only the pertinent dialogue, which I will say, A, when you're just reading small clips of dialogue, the fact that the dialogue is that expository becomes less painful. Of course. And B, when you're not hearing their... their um, Especially Hayden Christensen's dumb Bronx voice. Yeah. But they're, they're like overly emotive, like hammy, like fucking faces and body language actually plays better when you're like, well, that was the only way they were going to convey their feelings. That's how the silent stars did yeah. it. You and know? the ships look great. I mean, maybe George has a point. Like maybe George just wants to be making silent films and he's just... He doesn't have the courage to actually go through with it. That's really funny. Uh, there's, he put in an intertitle says, we sure do a lot of banter for a silent movie. Yeah. But it's it's really, I, I was very impressed with the we cut. We got to share it out. We haven't yeah, shared so it out. So please, yeah. a Silent Attack from Colin Scott, a.k.a. It's Colin Quits. Please watch it. It's incredible. Colin, thank you so much for that. Now we're on to bump up a bump performance review, part two. Boom. The Star Wars movies, the Phantom Menace movies, they're and, constantly attacked for having shitty performances. And we're going to keep track, as we did last time. Right, so we're going to have two columns. Good and bad. Good and yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. And I'll keep a tally. Oh, you're going to keep a tally. Great. 
So we're going to try to make keep a, it mysterious a definitive assessment about whether or not the acting in the movie is bad. Because I, I don't like general statements like, oh, all the acting is bad. You know? Yeah, but do you remember last time that we came close? We came to... really close. We have to be a little harsher yeah, this Yeah, we got to be a little harsh because we were saying like, oh, yeah, that guy who has one line of dialogue. He did fine. Great. Yeah. And the acting in that movie is bad. It is. We can't. We can't be. We this. were really worried at the end. We were like, "Ooh, this oh, is boy. like 15 to 17." Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's let's go. This is uh, IMDb cast. IMDb cast order. billing list. Okay. We're gonna start with the top. Okay. Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi. Now we gave him. We gave him a thumbs down last time. Real big thumbs down. Yeah. He's Ex- real shit in Phantom Menace. And we like him as an actor, not sure. all the time, but we talked about when he's good, he's great. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I like him as an he's actor. Do, he's done some really, really good performances. In Phantom Menace, he's totally drowning. This movie asks a lot more of him. It does. It really kind of ups him to the co-lead, if not the very he's lead. He's first build. Yeah. First build. Yeah, but he... And you he know, yeah, he shoulders the B-plot. But it's, it's weird because it's him. the subplot kind of It is of all thing. on him, though. It it's is not, all on uh, him. You know, the other one is two leads, and he's the sole yes. lead. Yeah. But his character grows up a lot in between the two movies. True. Hayden Christensen has to take on a character someone else played, so he doesn't have to think about growth. He has to think about just his dumb Bronx accent. <laughs> Natalie Portman is playing six months younger in terms of actual it's, it's performance it's, than what we'll, she played we'll in the first her. movie. We'll talk right. about her. But Ewan McGregor's the one guy who convincingly shows the passage of 10 years, I would argue. Yeah. And not just in the sometimes fake beard he's wearing, but I think in body language, in, in attitude, no, in No, I actually agree with you. In um, authority. I think that he's the most relaxing performer to watch of yeah. the major performers where you're like, okay, this doesn't feel like completely stilted and like almost awkward to watch. Like, and you know. Save for a couple uh, choice moments uh, of just weirdness. Yeah. He, and the accent, which he's not he's, always he's great. He's still struggling with it. It does feel like it's. It start- does feel like he's trying to imitate an actor. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely feels you know, like he's trying to imitate like an older style of yeah, like, like like a more forties or fifties sort of yeah, sort of like the you know, great British yeah, screen Pimlico, actors. Yeah, uh, Sorry, not Pim. Uh, what's it called? Ealing Studios type actor. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like maybe Peter Sellers is like what he's trying to play. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. There's, There's some of the Ealing yeah. comedies. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's this is old hat for him now. He knows how fucking George works. He knows how little he's going to be given. He knows he's playing off the green this screen. This is the thing. He feels the most comfortable where I, with it's still not great, but with the bad dialogue and the green screen, I think he he he's got a handle on it. I'll say it's a good performance though. I want to yeah, vote for it to yeah. be a good performance. Yeah, I no, don't let's think give him a good. I'm with you. I don't think it's a great character, but I think he's doing really good work, and he definitely gets our most improved award. Uh, sure. It's yeah. night and day. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm thinking. Well, what about Samuel Jackson? Well, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Uh, but and we should remind. We should mention that if we don't agree, Ben has to split the tie. Ben has to split the tie. Of course, they call him the tie splitter, and that's they another do. nickname. They do. Okay, number two. Number two, Natalie Portman. Okay, as Padme. Okay, now we. That's how she's credited, by the way. Padme. Just Padme. Yep. Not Nibiru. Not Amidala. Not Senator. Just Padme. Just Padme. At least on IMDb. We gave her a bad rating. I think we gave her a bad, a sympathetic bad. Yeah, I think we in were over sympathetic. her head. Yeah, very strange role, and you got the dual role in Phantom. Yes, which is odd. Yes, the accent, the accent, the yeah. costumes. She is worse in this movie. Yeah, I would agree with you. She's worse. Now she has, yeah, she has a lot of things going against her. She's got Hayden Christensen bringing her down. She's mostly asked to play romantic scenes, and the actors she's paired with, the two of them have no chemistry together. They have no chemistry, and that can't all be on Hayden. Natalie, 
Come on now. It takes two to non-tango. You know what I'm <laughs> Very saying? True. Like, I'm trying to. Th- okay, now I'm interested. I'm trying to think of Natalie Portman's like romantic partners in films over the years. Uh-huh. So we've got Chris Hemsworth in the Thor movies, who I think she has a fair amount of chemistry with. By then, she's very yes. loose. Very light. She's goofy. Has a lot of fun with that stuff. But she's also playing a very specific type of chemistry with him, which is that she's like the 13-year-old girl in love with the high school quarterback. Like her whole attitude in those movies is that she's just like sort of like enamored of him and goofy head over heels. But she's very fun in them. I think she's fun in them. Yeah. Um, So I'm trying to think. We've got Your Highness. Remember that movie? Dan McBride. Uh, Not a ton of chemistry. No. No. No strings attached with Ashton. Ashton Kutch. Um, I think she's kind of pulling that one over. The, I, I think like so, too. I think she's actually doing some heavy lifting on that one. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Because I feel like there hasn't... This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think there's been a ton Closer. of... Ugh. Yeah, but that's that's like a, a that movie. movie about people who hate each other. That's like a movie about people movie. just being angry at each other and ostensibly loving each other. Uh, other Berlin Girl is well, one of the worst movies ever made. Her Never seen that. Chemistry with Eric Bonner, yeah. Um, like, this is what she I'm saying. She not have a... Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of, like, straight up romantic roles That's outside of No point. Strings Attached yeah. and the Thor movies. Yeah. Uh, does she have a uh, romantic interest in Where the Heart Is? If she does, it's a minor plot line. I mean, that's really... Because mostly she's having that baby. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. Or if I have, I forgot it. If she does, it's it's a minor one. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, look, that, that might not be her strong suit. Uh, it might not, but it definitely is not her strong suit. In Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I do want to give, um, and that's basically all she does. Like you say, I like her in the action deal. scene at the end. And I, I've spoken about this. I do like her performance in that final scene where she finally tells him that she loves him before they go out into the arena. I do too. I think it plays like a, um, a young. I think that one scene, the actual subtext of who this character is and what she's gone through, actually comes to the fore in the performance where it's like. This is a little girl who's thrown into crazy circumstances and is so overwhelmed by everything. And I think in that scene, she plays it in this very, very sweet, genuine kind of way where she's just like a girl being like, I I just like love you. And she like can't stop crying. Right. It doesn't make sense why she loves him. No. But she convincingly plays someone who is in love in that moment. Okay. I like that one scene. I want to give her props to that one scene. It's not a good performance. Right. It's not good. It's not a good performance. Ben, we we have to move on. Ben, give her a no. We have to move on to Hayden Christensen. Bad performance. Plays Anakin Skywalker it's a in bad the film. Performance. It's a terrible performance. It's a terrible performance. It's the most ruinous performance in the film. In Phantom, who would you give that award to? Would it be Ahmed Best or would it be Jake Lloyd? I I would say Jake Lloyd. Oh, interesting. So <sighs> wow. So Anakin's really the millstone in yeah. these movies. Yeah, I really think this character is badly written. And, it's and, terribly written. And he's essentially... It's like they're trying to justify some huge payoff. Yeah. But it's so baffling because he's mostly just kind of a boring, annoying little tool. He's also massively different between the two films. Yeah, it's like, very it's true. It's essentially two separate characters, both of whom suck <laughs> in writing and, and performance. And both of whom the movie is obsessed with and you're not totally sure why. You're yeah. like, this is a crazy universe. Yeah, are we missing something? Yeah, we're definitely, like I don't question I we're definitely missing time. something. Yeah. Oh my God. With both of these movies. Yeah. Specifically to that character. I also think it's weird that these movies are so much about how powerful he is, and we don't see that many examples. Do you know no. what I'm saying? Like, you see, like, oh, he's like good at, at you know, flying like a speeder. Racer. Yeah, yeah, right. but you're not like seeing like, oh, he's a Jedi who's like really getting a grasp on these things. It's a bad. Performance. It's a bad. Performance. We don't. Need, we talk We've about it every about episode. So we don't need to yeah. talk about it anymore. Next, Christopher Lee as Count Dooku slash Darth Tyrannus. I mean, this is a great performance. It's a great. It's the best performance in the film by far. It's, uh 
It is. There's one candidate I'd maybe throw above. Um, we'll, we'll get to that one. But I think this is the poem for like last time I was like maybe a little too effusive about Ian McDermott. I was gonna say. I mean, <laughs> McDermott has less to do in it. I I still maybe vote that McDermott's the best performance no, just think, because this I character think, is no. so good. I yeah. think Christopher Lee is handed the same platter of shit that everyone else gets <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Really, yeah. really bad. Yeah. Like it's like. Okay, you need to walk into the room and just deliver reams of exposition. And yeah, he's in like, front of a green right. screen. In front of a green screen. <laughs> right. And he's just like, yeah, uh, watch me nail it. You have to first appear <laughs> 20 minutes before the end of You've a two and a half hour long movie. You've been about the whole movie. Yeah. You walk into a room and you just start spouting exposition. Yeah. To a suspended, non-interested, non-responsive character. It's just yeah. like, you know. He's a class act. It is masterful it's masterful and then you're going to fight a cartoon green like old man and you're going to make that work too and it's like like good footwork good form i like that he's sort of doing more classical sort of like because his lightsaber shaped differently we haven't talked about this lightsaber he's got this curved it's like it's the same though because the blade is the same oh no question but the (laughs) form of how he holds it it's very cool it changes the way he fights i design standpoint makes no sense whatsoever but whereas all the other lightsabers it tends to be a two-handed kind of like classic sword fighting this kind of thing this is more like fencing like he's sticking the one arm out and kind of doing that. And maybe that's to to compensate for his lack of mobility. He's an older man, but it works. It gives him more power, and it actually makes it him more him, terrifying him because poise. he's he's just so controlled yes. and so old school. It's a great fucking performance. I mean, he's he's like turning like it, it's it's, moves it's in water studio. into wine. You it's know? water into wine. It's water it's into wine. It's poop into wine. It's poop into. He's turning <laughs> diarrhea wine. into into poop wine. So we're he's a good. He's a good. Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu. See, this is he an is, interesting he one. He is fifth build. Where did we land on Samuel Jackson last time? I, I don't remember. remember. I think we gave him a no because he's really boring and annoying. It was kind of a coin toss. <laughs> he's sort of a coin toss. Yeah, because you're kind of like, like a good actor. He's got a lot of presence. Yeah, and you're like, well, he's fine, but what is this? Yeah, like, the why character is doesn't he make thinking? any fucking sense. <laughs> he's like the the second banana in the boring council of weirdos. <laughs> like, and then this movie gives him a lot more to do, and I still don't know where do. the fuck I stand on him. Who is this guy? I kind of like him in this movie because I like him more. I like him more. I mean, he has more to do. So yeah. he's got some scenes with Yoda where they're kind of chatting like <laughs> a lot of yeah. like a lot of like oh boy this is not going well for it, us. It stops being that they're like second banana and more like they're Riggs and Murda. Like they're like <laughs> the two guys who are I like trying to, to solve the case. Or it's like they're like the mayor and the controller yeah. you know and they're like just they're like they've been handed. Yeah. Comptroller. And they've yeah. been handed this like terrible situation like yeah. this budgetary nightmare and they're like yeah. how do we fix this? We don't know. Then at the end, he has some action. Well, even that's what I'd say. This movie kind this of justifies his character a little more. There's the line early where they go, like, Master Yoda, known for his wisdom. Master Windu, known for his power. And it's like, oh, that's his role. He's the fucking most powerful. He's the enforcer. He's the enforcer, but he's yeah. got the fucking skills to yeah. pay the bills. And even when he walks in and says, Party over, party's over line, which is a fucking garbage line of poo-poo dialogue. So terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible. I do like the idea that it's like, okay, these Jedis are like, they're enforcers of the peace. Yeah. But he's the guy you don't want to fuck with. And right. he comes in and starts fucking shit up. Yeah. Like, I do like that like we that finally get a Jango's sense head. of who he is as a human being. Sure, a little it's bit. A little bit. More than the last time. But then it's like, what? He's got these anger problems that he's got on lock, but like, he's like the fucking Hulk. And like, if you let him go, he's going to start cutting heads off. We giving him a good? I don't know. I don't think so. Let's give him a bad. Step your game up. No, all right, you know what? He's fine. George I, George writes him terribly. He's all right. 
Now, where are you? Where are you on this? I think we got to throw a Ben on no, this one. Wait a second. I think though. we're both second. tied. Yeah, I think both, both of us are tied. So I just want to say. I want to say something. Yes. Samuel L. Jackson is a, he can be given to overacting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of directors. I think shoddier directors who are just like, why don't I just cut him loose for a couple scenes? Yes. He'll rant and rave like he's done so many times, and like that'll save the scene. Even though like it's and he doesn't do that. And, and another thing with he's him is playing a character in this movie. Yeah. Yes. You know, like he's keeping it restrained. He has a whole thing. He's not just at one scene just like, yes, I deserve to die and I hope they burn in hell. He doesn't do that. And also, he also does like have a tendency Joel to- Joel Schumacher is a bad director. Oh, Joel Schumacher is a terrible director. Of actors. Uh, yes. And uh, other, he's other things too. I met him though. He's very nice. Uh, I, I auditioned for him three times. Wow. For which movie? Phantom? What's it called? 12? <laughs> Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, and uh, every time I came in, he gave me completely different notes to the last Interesting. time. Interesting. And I, 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 I just have to share this story because this is the Go best. ahead, no, please. This is my third audition for him, right? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I guess I'm going to get some. But every time it's a different character. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the first time he goes- But they like you and they're bringing because you Because Griffin, I think you're playing it way too serious. You know, I think these people are very funny. I mean, I find these kids very humorous. Yeah. So really find the humor in it. So I like do that. I get a call back and I'm like, okay, man, they want your fucking joke, joke skills. Find the humor. And I go in and I do do the cold read. And he goes, you know, Griffin, these are real people. So we have to take them seriously. (laughs) Right. So then I get a a second call back. I have a third audition for each time I'm reading maybe two or three different characters. We're going to have you read Jimmy. We're going to have you read Ghost Boy, like whatever the character is. Yeah, 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 right. There's a troubled, quote unquote, troubled Upper West Side rich kids in New York is the movie. And so they're auditioning like every young actor in New York. Uh, the third time I go in and I was like, because I was like, I need to know, am I funny? Am I serious? So I like kind of just tried to ask like, I'm just trying to figure out like what the basic tone of how you want this character to play is. And he just pauses and he goes, you know, Griffin, um, I think asking uh, how to act is a little like asking, you know, how to have sex. You can't really ask what you need to be doing right. You know, I think if in the moment you're just going, is this good? Does this feel good? It's not good. You just have to. You just have to go. I see what you're saying. And I went, oh, all I ever do is ask people while I'm having sex with them. (laughs) You said that is correct. Yeah. Uh huh. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I kind of killed that that moment. You went, ha ha. Okay. Well, let's try. So, yeah. But you didn't get anything. Joel Schumacher's note is that acting should be like fucking and you shouldn't. Think about what you're doing and just try to but make someone come. I, I met him at a screening. Of he was 20, very nice. He was very nice to be clear. He's very so nice. nice. He has very, a great nice. reputation. Yeah. Like actors love him. Yeah. Which is why I think he can, and he brings in things like on budget, on time. Like yes. I think he's a solid, yeah. like bad director. <laughs> <laughs> he's made some decent movies, but he's made a lot of movies. Uh, and I, think I like Falling Down. I know it's it's a kind of Falling uh, Down's it's a lightning rod of a film. Yeah. But I like uh, I, I actually like, think it's well made. I like Tigerland. I think Tigerland. Yeah, Tigerland I think is good. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like A Time to Kill, as much as I really? was just ragging on it. It's yeah. kind of a fun movie. Yeah, for those of you tuning in, this I've is seen our Joel Batman. Schumacher performance review in which we go through every Joel Schumacher film. I've seen Batman Forever probably 25 times. Yeah, I hate that movie. It's terrible. Uh, I've seen Batman and Robin more than Batman Forever. Batman uh, Forever I just can't even put up. Oh, I've it. seen Batman Forever so many times because I loved it when I was 10 yeah, years see, old. I hate that. Yeah. yeah, we should do a Batman Forever episode. Oh, anyway. Um, so that was another installment of Griffin and David kind of alienating themselves <laughs> to yeah, the industry. Right. But I met him once at the London Film Festival screening of 21 Grams, and he uh-huh. was the nicest. He 
I met him. He's like a director I've met who doesn't doesn't make great movies, but was so nice. And the another one is is Chris Columbus. Oh yeah, Pixels. Chris Columbus seems like a real man. I met I met him at the DVD release of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, uh, Sorcerer's Stone in this country. And my mother knew him because she wrote about those movies for the Daily News because when we lived in Britain mm-hmm. and. You know, she said he's really nice, and he's really, really nice. I will say this does fit into Ben. You were saying we're alienating the audience. I, this does fit into the, what I think is becoming the larger overarching narrative of Griffin David Presents, which our friend Ramona pointed out to us, which is just uh, people who will now never hire Griffin. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm fine. You're totally. I'm a critic. You're a critic. This is your job. <laughs> Ben's just a fucking Benducer. He's got it on lock. It's all on you. I'm not booking Pixels two anymore. <laughs> No one's booking Pixels 2. Yeah. Pixels 2 isn't booking Pixels 2. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Why were we talking about Joel Schumacher? Uh, because of Samuel oh, Samuel Jackson's performance uh, uh, in Attempt yes. to Kill. I was going to say, the other, you were saying he can just yell a lot and, and throw down yeah, the yeah, force. Yeah. The other thing he can do is load on a bunch of ticks. Yeah. When he's given an underwritten character, he just fucking designs it and comes up with some weird look and a totally. bunch of weird affectations at the expense of figuring out an actual human being underneath any of that. Sure. And this is, I mean... One could argue to a fault, but in a way, respectable, one of the least ticky performances I've Straight, ever he's seen. He's not doing anything. Stray is an arrow. It's all look. It's all He look. looks great. It's you all know, presence. He carries the robes off better than anyone. He yep. is bald. Yep. You know, because sometimes Samuel Jackson will have like a weird beard <laughs> yep. or have some sort of funny hairdo. Yeah, he does fucking design like, elements to make up for the lack <laughs> yeah, of a character. This, yeah. or, or, he has... I would love to do a whole feature on the glasses Samuel Jackson has worn in various movies. You know, uh, I mean, Samuel Jackson, who has no hair... Uh, he's a bald ha- man. has a hair guy in every single movie oh, he's man, like I want to awesome. do something different he's got a guy where it's just like can we do something with my facial hair oh, with, with the is... color with what I do have like and every movie like Jeremy Piven and a few other actors he's an actor who has gotten younger as the time has passed no Although question I, that, I think that's now reversing because he's actually quite old now but now around, he's like yeah Mace Windu he looks like he could be 35 he's yeah. probably like 55 or yeah. something but you know whereas Jungle Fever 20 years ago he looks like he's 100 years old yeah, fuck it. I like his performance. Yeah. The more we talk about we it. We love Sam Jackson. I like Sam Jackson He's in this the best. Movie. He's doing good work. Anyway, Sam Jackson gets a yes. He gets a Next, yes. Frank Oz is Yoda. And once again, we what talked the fuck about this is this character? Why is Frank Oz playing this character? Oh, God. Frank Oz, famed puppeteer, a great filmmaker in his own right. Yeah, he's okay. As a filmmaker or puppeteer? Filmmaker. Great puppeteer. I mean, he's made like- He's going to be for them as a puppeteer. He's pretty famous. Yeah. He's made- He's, he's made, made like some four great... movies I love uh, well, as much as Well, he made anything. the Muppet movies. But he well, also- Yes. But, he also, but, but also Little Shop of Horrors. He made Bowfinger. And he and made Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. But, and he made The Indian in the Cupboard, which I think is pretty good. Well, that's a movie I think is incredibly solid. But I'm saying you you look at the yeah, Muppet Take Manhattan. Yeah, and he made One About Bob, which is interesting. I forgot about that. Muppet Take Manhattan, Little Shop of Horrors, and Bowfinger are maybe three of my 50 favorite movies ever. Fair enough. What I, about I, in and out in and out is another solid one for solid. me. I like in and out I, I like What About Bob a lot. I like in, uh, Indian in the Cupboard. It's just that after Bowfinger, he made the score, Stefford Wives, Death at a Funeral. He made three little, three turds. Yeah, well, I mean, the people fall off. Yeah, know? it's just interesting. It, it just it's crazy like that he made the score. Their... Remember when the score came out? Yeah. And everyone was like, this is it. You got Brando. Yeah. Then you got Brando's heir, De Niro. Then you got De Niro's heir, Edward Norton. He was unquestionably the heir apparent <laughs> like, at that point. Yeah. And I like Edward Norton, and I'm always interested in what he has to do, but he is not De Niro's no. heir. No, that is not a mantle he has claimed. That was a weird horse to bet And on. also, yeah. that movie is horseshit. It yeah. is so bad. I was telling someone, this is just a podcast now of us telling stories about other movies <laughs> and other directors. <laughs> <laughs> this is what performance review is. I was telling my friend Sarah a story the other day that I think is incredible. Uh, so Brando hated Frank Oz. 
Interesting. Well, did respect and, him. And, and didn't he do it with his pants off or yes, something? Yes, this, right. this is the story. This yeah, is the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, right. So Brando from day one agreed to do the movie. He was probably paid five million dollars. Last movie, right? I think. God, was it his very last screen performance? It might, it might have been. It's. I think I it's his last. It was the island. Uh, no, that was before. That was before. That movie's yeah. out of its mind. He was supposed to do Scary Movie Two right after this. <laughs> they were going to pay him like seven million dollars to be the opening scene of Scary Movie Two, and he showed up on set with a respirator tank and could barely breathe, and was like, "I'm ready." Yep. The and they, score like, is his last the movie. Set. The score is his last film. Movie. Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay, so that's more than unless you count Superman Returns. He's great. He is. He is great in that. Um. He agrees to do the film. They pay him a lot of money. He shows up on the first day. Frank Oz gives him a note. He goes, I'm not fucking listening to you. You're Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that he knows that. He knows it. You know, living on his weird tropical <laughs> island with all his like creepy lady like yeah. servants or whatever. But he's like, no, I know this guy's Miss Piggy. Yeah. So anytime. <laughs> Why did he agree to do the movie? Anytime. Exactly. <laughs> Anytime Frank Oz is like, okay, so for this one, I think we're going to do, uh, I start off with a wide, and he's like, no, nah, you miss Piggy, we're not doing a wide. <laughs> <laughs> so two incredible things happen. One is that for the entire duration of the shoot of the score, Robert De Niro is every day wearing a microscopic earpiece, and Frank Oz whispers into Robert De Niro's <laughs> ear what he needs as a director, and, and then De Niro, De Niro just goes, for it. hey, uh, uh, Marlon, can I throw something out at you? He's <laughs> like, yeah, sure, and he's like, Maybe try doing this this time. <laughs> and Brandon's like, oh, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. My impressions are on fleek this <laughs> they're episode. Great, they're great. And so, <laughs> like, Robert De Niro's surrogate directed. Right. All, all De Niro's a great director, by the way. Yeah. Good Shepherd is a fucking masterpiece. But he didn't pretend like he was the director. He just went like, hey, yeah, no, he's just a little, like, little hey, peer-to-peer well, advice. <laughs> yeah. Not only is he a great director, he's a great actor. <laughs> so he's <laughs> acting like he's not a director. That's the thing. I mean, that's the incredible performance. I'd love to watch De Niro that performance. Got an Oscar for the score for the behind-the-scenes <laughs> footage surrogate, of the score. Yeah, best behind-the-scenes performance. Um, yeah, what and if then the Oscars did that every year. Be great. Best but, like bullshit. Yeah, like you know, from an actor like pretending to like someone. And then yeah, the story you were building up to is there was one shot where there was one scene where Brando believed it should be played entirely in a close up. Right. He was like, "This is my emotional beat. I want it entirely in a close up, and nothing else with no edits and no coverage." Yeah. And Frank Oz was like, "I want a wide to like get us into the scene." And Brando was like, nope, only close up. Right. And Frank Oz was like, I need a wide. And Brando right. was like, okay, let me go back to my trailer and change. What he did is brilliant. And brilliant. he must have been 80 years old at this point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He can barely walk. Right. He looks like uh, Jabba the Hutt, uh, noted uh, Gorg uh, spitter from The Phantom Menace. He does. He looks terrible. Yes. Um, he comes out on set just with no pants and no underwear. No pants. Yeah. He's just wearing a shirt, and then his dick and balls are hanging out. I mean, maybe. I imagine they're obscured by his massive gut. His dick and balls are <laughs> in the wind. They're in there somewhere. <laughs> they, his ass is hanging out. They are hitting say, fresh know. air. Whether or not they're <laughs> visible depends on what you're, where you're standing in relation to his tummy. <laughs> but his dick and balls are out. And he goes, oh, okay, I'm ready for that wide shot. And they just can't do it because of the wide shot. Did no one say like, oh, could you put your pants on that? We need your pants to be on for they this did. scene. They did. And he went, oh, no, no, I'm ready to shoot. <laughs> I'm good to go. Let's, let's, anyway, let's Frank Oz gets a thumbs down? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For yeah. Sure. I already, <laughs> I already, I already marked that. <laughs> and he couldn't even direct Brando. He couldn't even what rein a in Brando. <laughs> uh, next is Ian McDermott. But, but for, I do oh, love no. Frank Oz as a director and, and yeah. the Muppets are amazing. But I, the weird misuse of him. And, and you know what? He's got such good comic timing. Why have him play such a fucking stiff? Yeah. Yoda should be kind of funny. He has the one light moment 
when he uh, is talking with the younglings and Obi-Wan where he's kind of being a little playful I almost about like the that missing scene. system. I almost like that scene. Yeah, but fuck him. It's a shitty character. It's not a good one. Ian McDermott is Palpatine. Okay, We're great. still giving him a thumbs up. Thumbs he has up. way he has less, way to, less do. to do. He has way less to do this, but he he's does- just kind of creepy. He does everything he's asked to do well. It's true. Um, and I will say, I feel like the character arc of what's happening- to Palpatine on the sidelines of these two films is more interesting than what's happening front and center in these two films. Wish there was more of it. He's given He's the most the solid performance. Yep. He's changing an entire galaxy. Right, right, right. And and uh, how his humanity deals with it. I mean, the masks, the covers, the layers of what he's playing... Talking on both sides of his mouth, I think... Uh, I, I wish we had more of him, but he's a solid good. A thumbs up for you, Ian. Congratulations, Ian. Pernilla August is Shmi Skywalker. Come on. Yeah. She's still good. Yeah, she's still good. She, I mean, she is. It's, yeah. And you know what? I mean, it's a tough scene, too. It is. It's she's a got very tough one scene. scene. She's got she's a She's acting death. against a, she's in, a wall. Yeah. A brick wall. He's yeah, relentless. Yeah, you know what? It is a good performance. Yeah, no, she's it good. Is. Thumbs up for Pernilla. I, it's, I, I'm angry that that's all they give her to I know. do. It's a bummer. But it's, it's a good performance. Uh, Timura Morrison is Django Fett. The great Tamara Morrison, the New Zealand actor. He's a he's a Maori. This is a really tough one. Uh, I think he's okay. Yeah. He, in his one scene with the helmet off, he projects some a little bit of menace. The scene in his quarters when he's talking to Obi-Wan. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, there's some interesting tension there. That feels like a real scene of two actors acting against each other. Unlike yes, all the other scenes in the movie. A that's little like, bit. But that's like two, it's yeah. a little touch of like, oh, right, that's why it's good to have actors in movies because you get tension, you get energy from the interplay of the two of them. Right. There's like an actual back and forth there that's kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. Can we say he's good? Most it's, of the movie, he's wearing a fucking helmet. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even the sidelines is mostly a physical performance. It's like the one. He's all right. He's all right. I got. I, I mean, think good is strong. All right. I but think bad is strong let's too. Give him a, let's give him a thumbs up. You gonna give me a thumbs down? I gotta give you a thumbs down because I right, want Ben, ben to break pick this on tie. This one. Break this tie. Ooh, this is tough. Right? Because um, he's not bad and he's not good. Right. He really is down the middle. He's got moments um, of both. I'm trying to think when he when he uh leading up to his death. Yes. Is there any kind of interaction between him and his son? Oh, absolutely not. He's standing no, uh, yeah, he at, at, at the little uh box with Dooku and he's like, go out there, get him, puts his helmet on, goes, gets his head sliced off. Yeah. For for how much they like make a point of being like uh, Jango Fett had only one request: is to raise a clone as his own. You never really see any emotional bond between the two of them. Yeah, and I feel like it doesn't get resolved at all, or no. there's no kind of real uh, showing of that relationship, father son, or whatever the fuck it is. But is it like, does he just want this kid so he can train him? Does he actually care about him? Is he lonely? Like that one scene that is kind of good in how he plays off of you uh, and McGregor. He's given nothing off the kid. Like, he's just going like, uh, Django, hit that door. Yeah. Very, very, very restrained. It's all internal. Gotta give us something. I mean, but... But he's a bad guy, right? I he's mean, a bad he's guy. Bad, he's a bad guy, and he is not... He's kind of menacing, like you said. Kind of. I don't know In a phantom way. If you compare him to the performance of Christopher Lee... Who's uh, like a great bad guy? Oh, Ben, I think is raising. He's got it. All so right, give I'm him gonna a no. Know, I'm gonna give him a no. Bad. He never really feels like a threat. Yeah, 
That's fair. I think that's very fair. I think that's Sorry, Tamura, you're great in other movies. Once yeah. for Warriors is a great movie. And it's almost a good performance, but we just fall on bad, and, and a lot of it was, was, once again, the hand you were dealt. George Lucas is dealing out poo-poo cards. That is very true. You got the ace of poops, my friend. Jimmy Smits. Okay. As Senator Bail Organa. Okay, we have not talked about this no, before. No, we haven't talked about this at all. What a weird one. So Jimmy Smits at this point is um, right off of NYPD Blue. And LA Law. Yeah. You're talking about 10, 15 years as one of America's like top TV hunks. Right. He's got Emmys, he's got Golden Globes. But I'm saying he had like just left NYPD Blue before coming on this. So at this point, we're like, this is one of the steadiest presences of the small screen. Yeah, we love him. We love he was on fucking uh, Miami Vice too, no, right? No, no, LA Law. LA Wasn't Law. he on Miami Vice for a couple episodes? Oh, I, don't I know maybe. he wasn't a regular on LA Law. I am not a no, fucking he was plebeian. a regular on LA Law. I know he was a regular on oh, sure. LA Law. I know he wasn't a regular on Miami Vice. I think he had an arc. You yeah, fucking dunce. He's in Brothers Keeper, which is the greatest, only the one episode, but he's in that episode, which is the of greatest. Of Miami Vice. Yeah, which so is the greatest. I nailed it. It's, it looks like it's his first credit, too, which is crazy. So that's why I remembered, and um, it was a good episode. It's, the, you know, it's, right. the, it's the pilot. Right. And very uh, quick, that's why I know. The very Michael quickly, Mandarin. I don't want to interject, but you guys realize that you just set up someone by being like, just coming off of NYPD Blue. Who who knows this stuff? <laughs> this you two big, are ridiculous. This is a big show. All right, all right. NYPD Blue, people loved it. People loved it. L.A. Law, he was a hunk du jour. <laughs> he jumps strip straight onto another hit, steers it into the golden land of hit, Hitsville. Sure, he replaced David Caruso. Let's, you know, so, if, you know, NYPD yep. Blue has one big season with David right. Caruso. Caruso's a big star. He jumps ship. Goes yeah, to ben, be in don't movies. fucking scoff at us. No, no, no. This is an important narrative. He's in Jade. You guys are great together. This NYPD is blows <laughs> up. Everyone's like, it's all thanks to that Caruso. Caruso. Caruso's got it. Your next big star. Caruso. Caruso's like, I'm too big for this town. I'm going to Hollywood. So in comes Smith. And, uh, Caruso leaves. Everyone goes, ah, oh, fucking, you can't do blue without Caruso. You might as well call it NYPD Caruso. You might as well. People thought the show was NYPD dead. red because of his hair. Because <laughs> of his hair. <laughs> NYPD. Yeah, no, it's Caruso. crazy. And, and they bring in Smiths. What does Smiths do? It takes Turns it to the next level. My point is, they, they handed him. Smiths is a man who has been handed a deck of shitty cards before, and he's fucking won. He swept the table. Oh, Guy so knows good. how to play a game. Fucking good movies, too. He was in, what, American Me? Great movie. That guys, is a great movie. That's guys a great good. movie. My family. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, there's like this like major like a movement of uh Latino dramas, like independent Latino dramas in the nineties and eighties, and he's starring in a lot of them, doing he's really great. good work in important films. They're changing a national conversation. You fucking idiot, Ben. How is he in Star Wars episode two? Not good. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Not so he's like a senator. He's like a nice senator. He's like a peaceful senator. Is that the yeah, idea? Yeah, he of doesn't him? want war. He's. I'd say maybe he's like a friend of Natalie Portman's of Padme's. I'd say he's maybe too low key in this role. <laughs> you're kind of like. Well, it's also you're just like, wow. There's Jimmy Smith. What's he gonna play Doing into? Doing nothing? nothing. Yeah, uh, senator. I, I don't know if we should. do Sorry, it. Jimmy. Yeah. Thumbs down. Thumbs down, Jimmy. But you know what? Ever even since, my God, you know, he was in Dexter. Yeah, he was in. Cuban sugar plantation drama, Kane. Oh, yes. I don't know if it was Cuban. I think it was Miami. I forget where it was I think set. it was set. He was in that yeah. show, Outlaw, where he played an ex-Supreme Court justice who starts a law firm. It was terrible. Okay. He was West then Wing, in, he played the president. Of course, he was in West Wing. Yeah. And then he, and then he was in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, now, what, what film work has he done recently? I feel like I liked uh, he, he's Jimmy like, on the big screen recently. 
Oh, really? You liked him in a movie? Yeah, I know he doesn't do many, but I thought I recently saw mostly, him in a film. He sticks to TV. Why, why don't we get more of uh, your handsome face? He was in the Jane Austen book club. It didn't see it. <laughs> he wasn't in all. He's doesn't do movies. He was in a movie called Mother and Child. That oh I've yeah, never he's heard really of. good in that. Oh, I'm, I That's don't know the that one. Movie. Yeah. Oh, it's a Rodrigo. I do remember this movie. Yeah, we had Rodrigo Garcia movie. Anyway, okay. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Jack Thompson is Cleglars. Jack Thompson is Cleglars. Now, Jack Thompson right. yeah. is an Australian actor. Like yeah, a lot of, like a guy. lot of the supporting okay. actors in right. this movie are Australian. Um, so he's, a, I think he's just a pretty well-known Australian character actor. He has a very long, very long career. He starts in 1968, and he's in a lot of like Australian TV shows, and he's in a lot of movies I've never heard of. And then he's in uh, a TV movie based on Kojak. And I mean, so many things. He's a, the joint, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in Broken Arrow. I'm really, I'm thinking about this performance because a lot of stuff. He, but he's he's put interesting position on this one, right? Anakin. He's got a lot to do. He's Anakin, got a, but but yeah, yes. Go ahead. But what he's got a lot to do is uh, the audience is going to be reading into his every word, every little bit of energy he's throwing out. Right? Anakin's getting nightmares. His mother's in trouble. Mm-hmm. They go back to. Tatooine. Watto is like, we sold him to a man. She has a new slave owner. I heard he married her. We hear that. We're like, I don't know what to fucking make of that. That could be any sort of relationship. Like what Watto is telling us, Watto is not to be trusted. Is it an abusive relationship? Is it consensual? Heard they fell in love? I don't know. He fucking owns her. Is that mm-hmm. what, what kind of guy is it's this? It's totally true. Anakin's getting on a speeder bike. He's going to meet his new stepdad who he's never met before, True. didn't even know existed, who owns his mother. And so you're getting in there, you're like, what kind of fucking yeah. guy is this? And here comes a dude who's like steady as a rock. Steady as a rock. You totally believe like this is a man of honor and dignity. He's got a real decent. It helps that, that he through. has like the missing legs. So you're like, all right, I can't. You know, but even he's a real straight shooter. Yep. He takes a lot of laden dialogue. He makes it all sound very natural and I, very from the heart. I forget. I, would if, I forget if you've seen Game of Thrones. Do you watch Game of Thrones? No, is he on it? No, he's not on it. But um, then I a character won't watch in Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's Thompson or nothing for Griffin <laughs> yeah. Newman. Uh, there's a character in Game of Thrones who's like kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Old hermit lives out way out in the wastes. You know, with uh, with some concubines. Yes. <laughs> and he's creepy. Yeah. This guy could be like that. It's like, oh, he kind of like abducted Shmi into his weird like Mormon cult. hundred percent. You know? It's the total opposite. And even going into the scene, we we hear, okay, they fell in love, they got married. I'm going, I don't know. I'm looking for signs. I want to make sure this guy's on the level, you know? Yeah. A- and in a movie where everyone else is almost always introduced by going, another character going, hey, this is a bad guy. Yeah. Yep. And now introducing a good person. Yep, we get it immediately. Here you get context, right? You go, here's what happened with this guy. And you go, ooh, I don't know what kind of guy that is. And mm-hmm. his job as an actor is to show you what kind of man he is through temperament, mm-hmm. through decency of soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, just little, little fucking nuanced signs right. of, of the humanity at the edges of this man. And I think he pulls it off with aplomb. I do too. I think this is a good performance. Sure. I think this is maybe the underrated performance. I think you're going crazy. The uh, the underrated performance. The in unheralded. That, in that it's never been rated. Yes. We're so the first to rate I, it. We're going to give him good. a good. We're going to give him a good. I like this section of the movie, too, and I think it's because of his steady hand. I, I don't like- love this section of the movie because it features 
uh, Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is its issue. That's a good counterpoint. Like all the other sections, that, except for the front. I think we both agree the best part of the movie is the, be- the yeah. first 20 minutes. And especially with, with Colin Scott's uh, edit, uh, his silent so edit, good. it's so Just good. Just mail that right to Lucasfilm right now. Yeah. All right, next is Liana Walsman as Zam Wessel, the assassin. The changeling assassin. Oh, I, mean, I think she's terrible. I do too. I think that this is a performance that could have been good. Yeah. Then the, this character is not scary. Nope. Uh, she doesn't seem very competent. Like, there's nothing coming off of this actress. She also doesn't move very well. Like, for no. a character that's mostly a physical presence, she. I feel like her movements in these action scenes are kind of awkward. I know she's wearing a skin I'm, tight, like, yeah. purple, like, fucking With garbage like a veil bag. over her face, yeah. but still. But it's still. You I gotta, feel a little bad because this is not a well known actress. This is not a well-known actress, and it's not a well-developed role, and it's mostly her fucking in a in a cockpit surrounded by green screens, yeah. looking frazzled. But she doesn't do it well. I'm not saying she's a bad actor. This is a big point looking I want to make she's about another this Australian actress, as, as if it, it need not be said. Yeah, we are not ranking whether or not definitively these actors are good or bad. Yeah, just in the in this movie. Yeah, yeah, of course. We have very little to go off of with this woman otherwise. No, because we're about to shit all over. Anyway, we're, we're getting to it. We're getting to it. But this is not a good performance. Thumbs down. Perhaps Next. she's great if you see her in a little playhouse hey, man. doing Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. But Ooh, this is not a good, good performance. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's put on a production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf starring Liana Walston. It's a great name. Okay, next up. Ahmed Best. But here's a revelation. Oh, boy. He Wait, played Ahmed? Ahmed, Ahmed, whatever. He played two characters. Sorry, not whatever. Ahmed. Ahmed yeah, Best. There's yeah. no C. It's, I've, I'm sort of naturally, Ahmed I Best. read that as Ahmed, but it's yeah, Ahmed yeah, Best. Yeah. Uh, is there a xenophobe? Plays yeah. two characters in yeah. this movie. Did yeah. you know that? I did know that. I've been holding that secret this whole Jar-Jar time. Jar Jar Binks yep. and a character called Ahmed Beck. Yep. Uh, I've been very aware of that and I haven't want to talk about who's it. Who's in the bar, right? Yes, right. Yeah. And it's about to tie into another cast member that we're getting to later. But it's, oh, yeah. in, it's in the uh, Elon Sleeves Bagano scene. Yeah. Uh, there's a reaction shot after they chop off uh, Sam Wessel's uh, arm. I-, I timed it. It's literally, I mean, a, a second. Yeah. They cut to his, like a, a, it's a reaction shot, and he's yeah. standing at a table with a drink. He's wearing a blue jumpsuit. He's got kind of a, a marking on his face, tattoo. some kind of tattoo. Yeah. A merchandise spotlight. This character did warrant an action figure. Are you serious? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And came it, with a little he, table and a drink. And he has that weird name that is. Uh, a Baxterism, that's what it's called, you know, where they're they're naming it after uh, Ahmed the actor. Yeah. yeah. Ah, Ahmed Beck. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there are a surprising amount of uh, merchandise spotlight uh, action figures of that bar scene. Interesting. But, it's a good scene. Yeah, but it's like Ellen Sleeves Bagano, you can get. He comes well, a part of the great. bar. You could maybe him. assemble the full bar because they made all these bar patrons, oh, yeah. but like the boring ones in the background. Here's, here's the action figure. Wow. Yeah. And they all come with like a little piece so you could like put it together and make a little scene. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's a male human present at the club. He, along with his partner, Donnie Faitoni, was posing as a Republican security force officer attempting to con patrons out of their credits. Oh, this is such is a good this character. the Gragra of Attack of the Clones? There's so much going on here. Wait, later, they conned the aspiring criminal Magaloof. Oh, this is just a bunch okay. of bullshit. I, I want to move on because when we get to Donnie Fatoni, we'll be able to tie this in more. I think this is an important Wait, note. Let's go to the next the cast member. Let's get the next cast member. I want to save it as a surprise. Let's get the next cast member. Who's next on IMDb? Rose Byrne is Dorme. Okay. Oh, wait, but we're giving Ahmed yeah, Best a what thumbs down. Thumbs down. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to make sure. Yeah, of course. No, we're not lunatics. He's it's almost worse. Okay. He's almost worse. Um, I, I do think he's pretty good in the bar scene. <laughs> he gives a metered, he gives a good look. understated look. All right, Rose Byrne is Dorme. She sucks. Yep. 
She's bad. I love Rose Byrne, but what's going on here? She has probably gone on to become the best actor of this entire cast of this film. I think the most consistent actor in She's this cast. Having, she is having one of the most incredible runs. It's so underrated. Good in everything. Good Elevates in everything. all material. Can play in any genre, any Absolutely. size role. Fully it, agree. I mean, is is really like like a five tool player. You know, she has this old sort of movie star class. Did you see Annie? I watched a little bit of our plane. She's fucking great. In I'm that. sure she is. I just was wondering. I didn't see that. Yeah, one. it's like I don't. I, I forgot can't, she was in that. She. I can't believe she makes that work as much as she does. Yeah, but I loved her in Spy. I loved her in Neighbors. Yeah. I love her in the Insidious movies. She's she's got real dramatic chops. Uh, I loved her in you know I enjoyed her in Damages. I guess Damages where she uh, well, Bridesmaids get into yeah. the Greek. I I um I'm immaculate accent work. Oh, you know what she's fantastic in is Sunshine. Yes. Ugh. Oh, Where I she love is Sunshine. A, like, and Rose Byrne is a, yeah. a strikingly beautiful woman. Incredibly. Uh, yes. Sp- and yes. I, I have often described her as having the perfect face. I think she has the greatest face. She's of all got time. a great face. She's got yeah. a very sort of sculpture kind yeah. of face. And classically beautiful. Mm-hmm. In Sunshine, like, they managed to make her look like so washed out and exhausted and stressed out she's been on without it seeming years. over the top. Like, yeah. without it being like this weird deglamping. It's thing. not like fucking she like Charlie Theron like monster. She just looks tired. She looks like a real person. Yeah. And it's kind of quietly. Um, and it's her performance. Powerful. Well, it's a great performance. But it's kind of quietly powerful because what the movie is saying is like, yeah, this is an incredibly beautiful person who is yeah. just handed like, you know, a, a winning ticket from the genetic lottery. Yeah. But like, She's tired. She's going to look tired. She's tired. Like, they don't make her try to not... They don't try to make her look less beautiful. They just go, this is what this beautiful woman would look like if she hadn't showered and she's not eating very well and she's stuck on a ship where she's sweating all the time. Right. Uh, It's a great performance in a movie I love wholeheartedly. I know a lot of people don't like the last act. I love the whole movie. Can we do a Sunshine episode? It's one of my favorite films ever made. Oh, I would love to do a Sunshine episode. One of my favorite films. Yeah, I think it's one of the best films of that entire decade. Yep, me too. Um, It's a masterpiece. Uh, Rose Byrne's great in it. Chris Evans, Major. probably best performance of his career, I would say. He's so good in it. So good in it. Uh, we'll do a full Sunshine I don't know episode. I his best performance. I think it, it might is. be. It might be, yeah. I'm trying to think um, of others. I actually think he's great in the Captain America movies. I do Especially too. the first one. Uh, Rose Byrne doesn't have a ton to do in this. It's a little Dorme, yeah, forced what she does. The goodbye forced. scene, the crying scene's a little forced. I, I think it also just falls into like. You know, she was uh, uh, not used to working in that kind of environment yet. You know, I mean, clearly she has proven since then that she knows what she's doing. Because Troy is after this, right? Yeah. Troy's the first movie I noticed her in. Yeah, and she's like solid in that. Mm, Solid. She's all right. right. I'm just saying it's very, very difficult to act in a big, big fucking movie like this. Mm -hmm. Because what tends to happen is uh, less attention is paid on the acting than anything else. Right. They're so worried about every other moving piece, and they're giving you like sort of dialogue, and there's a thousand cameras in your face, and there's a thousand concerns, and you don't really have a character to play. Very true. It felt like she pushed it a little too hard, but I think this is kind of a fascinating performance because you see, like, through a couple, she starts out in all these big movies where she has sort of small, unimportant roles and is strikingly beautiful, but doesn't Very really connect. She doesn't connect for a while. It's true. Now, it, she actually has a long. Uh, IMDb list, my God. It feels like she maybe learned movie by movie. Yeah. Because once she got good, it was like suddenly she was only great and it's great true. every single time there on out. I, for- I forgot she's in I Capture the Castle, which is a fantastic movie, although it's Rama Gary who's sort of the... Anyway. Rose Byrne, not good. In nope. Attack of the Clones, one of our favorite living actresses. And and maybe this film, you know, is important as... Uh, a stepping stone for her to learn what not to do in film. Sure. She's she's starting to figure out how she plays on camera. And, uh, yeah. 
what to do, what not to do. But not, Sorry, Rose. not a good performance. Sorry, Rose. Oliver Ford Davis's Sio Bibble. I mean, who gives a shit? No. <laughs> Thumbs down. Great. Ron Falk is Dexter Jetsker. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yes. Uh, David. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ben. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I know. Of this course. is a great performance. All right. We talked about him for 45 minutes. We couldn't even figure out his voice. I mean, he's the one guy who seems <sighs> to be doing a, like, post-melting pot galaxy in which every culture is mashed together. He seems to have all. It's the best. This is the best. He's, yeah. Okay. This is the best. It's weird. Jay Lagaia. Who? Lagaia. I don't know how you say his name. It's L A G A apostrophe A I A. Okay. As Captain Typho. Oh, boy. I'm giving him a no. Yeah, I mean, this is just such a boring. Compare this shit to Panaka. Panaka is killing it compared to this guy. (laughs) Panaka, you're like, that guy's in charge. Typho, you're like, oh, who's he again? Have I seen him before? And we complained a lot about Panaka, but I feel like at the end of the day, we maybe gave Hugh Karashi a pass because we felt like he he's did good. good work. Like, he's a sto- solid, steady, clearly skilled, smart actor, given an underwritten role. This is not a good performance. It's nope. a hard pass. Thumbs down. Yeah. Andy Seacombe is Watto. I mean. Of course. Come yeah, on. Yeah, and you know what? I like that's a different shade of Watto because he's really kind of sad. Like, his, his heart isn't in the game anymore. I think he's great. I think he's great. I think I he think- might be better. I think he is. I think it's he's playing it less for laughs, and we're really seeing like the the you know the man up. behind the curtain. It's a beautiful. So you're giving him a thumbs up, Ben. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Hard Anthony Daniels is C three PO and Donnie Fatoni. Yo, so two secret fucking invisible yeah. it's actors. Almost like, in it's almost like a little tip of the like, hey, yeah, you didn't get to be on screen for your big role, so let's give you a little shot. These guys were big parts. But you never saw their so faces. So this is Donnie Faitoni, Faitoni, by the way, is Ahmed Beck's uh, sidekick or whatever. Okay, you know, so let's, partner. let's get back to that Wikipedia page about the two of them. Because okay. this sounds like an amazing Well, apparently they had a... Oh, it's not a Baxterism. It's a Tuckerization. That's what you call naming someone after their own name. And Danny Faitoni, of course. His name's Anthony Daniels. They yes, flipped it. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. Danny Faitoni is a male human from Karelia, aspired to serve in the Republic, uh, was conned into fronting a phony spice mine by a changeling. (laughs) (laughs) On the run from the law with his hopes of working in law enforcement dash, he decided to make a living as a con artist, teaming with his inventive friend Ahmed Beck. They gambled in their con all the way to Coruscant. Uh, they get arrested, they escape, they set up shop in the Outlander Club. Sounds like such a fun movie. There is... So much dialogue. Another fine mess you got us into, Danny. Ahmed Beck. Where is this happening? Is there like a whole comic book series? Can, can you, we'll scroll down. It should have like a like uh, maybe like a Legends tab or something like yes. that. There must be expanded. It is a web comic called The Clone Wars Departure. And that's the one? Well, that's at least one of them. Okay. I I would love to read that. I'm going to try to find that and I'll have read it for next week's episode. And I've, and in regards to like the pulp kind of storyline, yeah. like those characters would be really interesting yep. to further develop within yep. that storyline. Yeah, you know who we would like be a great subset of people to focus on in this universe, this this Phantom Menace universe? I don't know, petty criminal smugglers. Absolutely. That's like fun, <laughs> like seeing like fucking vagabonds, you know? Yeah. So much. Okay, so by the way, they eventually tried to con C3PO and Jar Jar Binks. Hilarious. So, like, you know, that's oh a whole my thing. God. Uh, they, oh my God. They, they scam a dowager out of her money in the Senate, but it fails. And then they're chased away from the Senate and they get in a speeder that they steal from Padme Amidala's what? landing platform. But then it, like, 
it takes them back to C-3PO and Jar Jar. I and like then... that it almost sounds like they're like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Like they're having this incredible journey, constantly like interacting with our characters in the most tangential way. But meanwhile, like their their own lives are, are pretty full. Yeah, so it's it's a, this whole webcomic called The Clone Wars Departure. We I want to hang out, out with these scallywags. These guys sound like a fucking laugh and a half. Uh, anyway, crazy. Uh, so we're we giving him a plus or a minus. I, C-3PO, he's, he's good. He's great. This is a f- I mean. He gets more to do. Yep. And he's goofy as shit. S- super goofy. One of the hijinksiest performances I've ever it's, seen. It's a hijinksy performance. God, I mean, I think his line readings are funny. Like, whatever yeah. your feelings are on that being a, a section of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I think he's really funny. Like, Me oh too. lord, what have no, I said? I don't know where they found this guy, or like what the point of him is exactly. But yeah, yeah, he's yeah. We, funny. We're surprised that they brought the character back. Yeah, it is surprising. From the first moon, gave him this much more to do. But I think you're starting to get who C-3PO is. And even there's that little exchange between C-3PO and R2-D2 where it's like, oh, this could be a fun thing. That, right, like, this could be some banter. These two robots don't like each other. Right. You know, because all the robots just seem so, like, personality-less. And it's like, oh, these two robots have some, like, strong fucking opinions and they might clash. Uh, I give him a hard thumbs up. I give him a hard thumbs up. Silas Carson as Kiaramundi and Viceroy Gunray. We didn't like him last time. Yeah, I mean, Kiyotamune remains one of the best looking Jedi. Who looks cool. Uh, uh, New Gunray is an abomination and yeah, a disgrace. Give it a thumbs down. And an embarrassment to all Asians. And Kiyotamune doesn't even have dialogue in this one. He, he does just, wave I, his sword around. He though. just waves his sword. Give him a thumbs, thumbs down. down. Give him a thumbs down. Aisha Darker as Queen Jamila of Naboo. Uh, she seems like a nice lady, right? She's very pretty. She's an Indian actress. Uh, she's got cool... Makeup on. Um, she's not bad. I, I like. Uh, ooh, interesting. She's 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 a Brit- uh, You know, she works in British TV. She's in um, uh, Coronation Street for fifty four episodes. Okay. Recently, she was in Indian Summers, which is a mini series on Channel Four that my friend and fan of the show Nikesh Patel uh, starred in. Whoa! So there you fan go. of this show? Yeah, he's a fan of this show. Hey we now. went to high school together. We were a couple of nerds in high school together. Hey now, now he's become an actor. He's an Indian actor. Uh, and uh, he's doing great. He's on Indian Summers. She was on Indian Summers. I'm going to give her a thumbs up. I'm going to give her a thumbs up, too. She's pretty good. Because uh, yeah. it's sort of weird because you're like, oh, here's the new Amidala. You know? Mm. It's kind of a kind of an odd moment where you're seeing this lady with a, she's got like white makeup and sort of blue, I don't know. She's wearing some sort of blue sort of flowery headdressy thing. I don't know. It's kind of cool. I'll say the other interesting thing about her is... That I have a mouthful of peanuts right now. She, he does. Um, As I was saying this, he was sort of like turning away in shame, but it was just eating I'm peanuts. I'm too loud, but now I'm mic. just going to chew my peanuts on mic. Mm-hmm. Amadala always felt like she was trying to pass for a grown-up. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. act beyond her years and maturity. I do. I like that this queen kind of just seems like a kid. She does. Like a thoughtful kid. Thoughtful you know? kid. With a good sense of morality, head on her shoulders, but she's like not posturing. I agree with this. I agree with that. She's everything a little you're more saying. natural than Natalie Portman was in the headdress. I think it's a good performance. And she's buddies with your buddy. Yeah, she's buddies with friends. Patel. I mean, I don't know if they're buddies, but they both worked on the same show. Maybe they're enemies, uh, but still. <laughs> but Nick Ash has tweeted at me about this show and hey. about my deep radio voice. I don't have hey. Radio. No, I don't think he was. Anyway. Joel Edgerton is Owen Lars. Okay, another actor I love. Yeah, we talked about him. I have uh, loved most of the work he has gone on to do in the last 10 years or so. Sure. 
Um, in this performance, he doesn't really register. He really doesn't. He's got a great face. You remember Daddy Lars. Yeah. And that's it. You don't remember Owen. You don't remember Baru, who is the uh, the wife. But but uh, I will say. Girlfriend, girlfriend, whatever. I will say um, he, he does have a very, very interesting face. I remember seeing him in this. Good face. Good and face. And then like five or six years later when maybe Kinky Boots came out, when he started to appear in other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like immediately recognize him as like, oh, that was that guy who left no impression in. <laughs> right. He well, does, it was a big movie that we watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he does have a certain uh, presence. It's not. It's not a good performance. So but after, yeah, after Attack of the Clones, he's kind of he does. He's in Ned Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's in Arthur King Arthur as Sir Gawain. Okay, remember the the the, the weird Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, so these are like a couple failed epics in a row. And then Kinky Boots, Smoke yep. and Aces. Mm-hmm. He starts to build up. I think a little more of a of a real career. And then you know he gets big. He's in Animal Kingdom. He's in Warrior. He's and I thing. believe he he produced Animal Kingdom. He might have co-written it as well. He and his brother, a Nash Egerton, have like a whole like sort of cottage industry yeah, in Australia. Right. His directorial debut is coming out know, later this yeah. month. Supposed to be great. He didn't write. David Michaud is the is the man okay. behind it. He produced Kingdom. it. Maybe I know. He produced it. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, thumbs down. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Logan is Boba Fett. No, I think he's bad. I think so too. Yeah. Thumbs down. We got it. We we should pick it up. Yeah. Um, my hesitation was that I have a friend. Who is constantly trying to become a guest on this show? Uh-huh. And his big poker chip he keeps on he's, throwing he's out promising is promising us Daniel Logan. He says my sister dated Daniel Logan in high school. I could probably mm-hmm. get you some Daniel Logan scoops. I just want to get Daniel Logan on the show. I just want to get anyone who was in Attack of the Clones on the show. But I'll I, say this: Yeah, Daniel Logan's better than Jake Lloyd, no question for a kid performance. Yeah, and he picks up the head pretty nicely, but uh, he doesn't really register. No, agree. Bonnie P.S. as Beru. Yeah, I mean, another, like, she's got a nice face. She seems like a nice lady. Not, it doesn't register. Uh, I'm trying to see if she's done anything else interesting in her life, but not really. Thumbs down. Thumbs oh, down. Ben. Anthony yeah. Phelan is Lama Sue, voice only. You know what? I like this performance Another a lot. Australian actor. I like this performance. Maybe he recently played a priest in Unbroken, in Angelina Jolie's Unbroken. Interesting. He was in an episode of Top of the Lake. Interesting. He did 50 episodes of famed Australian soap, Home and Away. Oh, whoa. What? What's buried down there right at the bottom? Right at the bottom, security guard in Babe Pig in the City. What? (laughs) Another Australian film. Yeah. I love this guy. I gotta say now. All right, thumbs up. No, I think good he, job, Anthony. I think he's got great voice, mostly delivering exposition, no, but with fine. a really he's interesting good. rhythm. Yeah. yeah, I like but it. But then, how do you feel about Rena Owen as Lama Sue? Like it too. Now, I like I like these Camonians. Uh, 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 yeah, Caminoans. I might be a little swayed by I like their design so much, and I think she's a New Zealand actress. So I think Owen. they're the one cool example design. of CGI effects in the movie that totally hold up. I think, especially in close-ups, they look really great. They hold up. The backgrounds don't. Looks but terrible. They hold up. I think the, the acting work on those characters is really strong and subtle, and I think the detail work on the actual models is really, really good. Uh, Raina Owen also in Once Were Warriors. I believe she's the female lead of Once Were Warriors. Interesting. Um, she's great. Reteamed with Tamara Morrison. Here's, here's something I want to tell you. Yeah. She is one of six actors in the world to have worked with both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Because what was she Spielberg is in one? AI. Playing? Let's find out. I watched AI like a week ago. One of my favorite movies ever made. Great movie. It's a, seriously the best. She plays a ticket taker. Oh, okay. 
Well, that's cool for her, though. I'm sorry, I didn't that didn't blow you more? No, it's cool away. for him. Um, Next performance. I would like to know who the other five are, though. I'd have to think about that. Harrison Ford. No, uh, he no yeah, he's in American Graffiti. Right, he's American Graffiti, and he's in the Indiana Jones films. <laughs> I pulled myself out of that deal, Smith. Anyway. A uh, real indie style. Aletha McGrath in Ma- as Madame Jocasta New. Alethea uh, McGrath. Well, okay, so this is tough. I think she's good. I mean, I think she's great if we assume she's playing what we have put on this character. <laughs> yeah, right. But she's playing a desperate, desperate attempt to keep... Uh, secret the fact that she had an affair with Count Dooku. That she has feels erased- protective yeah, of yeah. him and his information because she thinks what they had was love and for for another him Australian it was she was just actress. another side piece, you know? Um, I think that's an interesting performance that she's playing there. Otherwise, you could say that maybe she's aloof. She's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. She's fine. Let's give her a thumbs up. I give no, her a thumbs up. Wait a second. How many thumbs up do we have? So far, we are at 12 thumbs up and 14 thumbs down. Let's give her a thumbs down. I'm I worried agree. about I'm this. Getting, <laughs> it's getting how did we, I thought we were being so negative this one. How did yeah, this get Yeah, but then we gave again? both of the Comedoans thumbs up. Yeah, that's, I mean, those are thumbs up. We should have been right. saving up for those I'm two. excited for this one. Okay. Susie Porter as WA7. Do you know who WA7 is? Flo? Exactly. <laughs> there she is. The oh, waitress yeah. from Dexter's thingy. Uh, his okay, what's there to discuss? It's a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, not a Mac thumbs up. It's a thumbs up and two she... dicks up. I'm rock as a board. <laughs> rock as a board. Rock as a board. I'm rock as a board, man. She also played a character called Hermione Bagua, who... In this movie? In this movie, who is another waitress at Dexter's... Oh, yes, uh, the, the human waitress in the background. Yeah, so she's both characters. So she's playing all the waitresses. So let's give her two thumbs up. <laughs> One thumb up is enough. For a grand total of four thumbs. Um. Anyway... Then we have two dicks. Then <laughs> two dicks. we have Matt Doran as Elon Sleesbagano. Oh, I mean, another Australian actor, best known for another film, his performance in another film, also shot in Sydney. Mouse in, in the, Matrix. the Matrix. Yeah, I mean, I Played love Mouse. this guy. I always think about, wonder what happened to him. I mean, he made such a big impression he, on he's, me. He seems to mostly make Australian things. He's not done much. He's in a lot of shorts these days. It's not, you know, it kind of fell off. I mean, dude fucking kills it in this. I'd say it's probably my favorite supporting performance of 2002. Yeah, I think this is so bizarre, but okay. It's not. <laughs> Should have won an Oscar. It's got fucking razor sharp comic timing. You see an entire arc of a man having to question all his life choices up until then. He's got 40 seconds. You see a man reassessing everything he's ever done, ever been. He's a sleaze bagging, though, David. He never had a chance. Yeah, he gets a thumbs up. Let's move on. <laughs> I you, wanted you, you to fight him. me on that one. I yeah, love Yeah, whatever. He's all right. <laughs> I love Mouse. Mouse is great. The chicken, uh, the it tastes like chicken monologue in yeah. uh, in the Matrix. Yeah, he's great. He's cool. All right, so we're winding down. I just want to let you gentlemen know we are at fourteen thumbs up, fifteen thumbs down. Ooh. Oh boy. Okay. 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 <laughs> Alan Rusko is Lot Dodd. Down. <laughs> yep. Matt Sloan is Plue Clune. Uh, down, down. You you pointed at me because he thought like, I was going to do. Don't you do this? No, because I was like, <laughs> that's the bug face. Jedi. My counterpoint was going to be David. He has a cockroach face, and then I remember that has nothing to do with performance. I was going to give the actor credit for wearing a mask with the face of a cockroach. Veronica Segura as Corday. She's the one who dies at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. Really? I, I give her a down. I think she's bad. <laughs> I feel a little mean now. Uh, I'm going to give her a thumbs up and have Ben do a tiebreaker. Yeah, I kind of no. like her. That's right okay. Now. She can have a thumbs up. She's all right. Ben Corday, the one who ki- dies at the beginning. 
And don't judge her as a handmaiden because she obviously fails on that oh, front. Yeah. She goes, I'm so sorry I've let you down. I don't know. Thumbs up. No. All thumbs right, down. thumbs down. You guys got enough <laughs> thumbs up. David Bowers is Massameda. That's the blue guy who's like the sort of uh, oh, right hand oh, man like to the, the dick dreadlocks on the sides of his face. Yeah, thumbs down, bro. <laughs> Major thumbs down. Major thumbs down. All right, now I'm not going to go after any characters who are not named, like, you know, Naboo Lieutenant or no, whatever. No, absolutely forget, not. Forget so keep scrolling. Uh, Zachariah Jensen is Kit Fisto. Oh, God, he looks so cool. And he's got that moment where he smiles and gives a thumbs up. I think he's great. Up. Let's give him a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, boy. Are we tied now? <laughs> are we um, t- oh, no. Count? Oh, what about this? Al- yeah. All right, so you're he gets a at, thumbs up. You're at now. 14 thumbs up and 20 thumbs down. Well, we're almost over. Okay. Alex Knoll is J.K. Pertola. Do you know who that is? No. It's the four-year-old initiate who knows where the fucking system is. Oh, yes. You're giving him a thumbs up? Yeah, kid's great. All right. He's got the goods. What's he been up to since then? Uh, Alex Knoll, what's he been up to? Let's see. He's not in any other films ever made. Okay, well, one and done. Sometimes... (laughs) Phoebe Yamikati is Mary Amethyst, another of the initiates, a four-year-old human Jedi initiate. She's a little Asian girl. I don't remember her in this film at all. Oh, she sounds cute. Give her a thumbs up. <laughs> She's very cute. Yeah, it's adorable. And finally, Kenny Baker as R2-D2. I mean, once again, how do we even rank this, right? <laughs> I don't know. How do you He's judge? the last credited performer. What do you do? I don't. I don't know how much of that was CGI. What we what, was he's he in there? The oh, he's in there. The whole time. What he's <laughs> flying? Yeah, he can fly it. He can fly it. He installed Kenny the Baker can fly. <laughs> how do you fucking? He's in there. He's in there. We know it. No, we know it. We know he's in there. I, I say it's another. I say well, we gave him a too close to call last time. What do we do? We we ranked him neither good nor bad. He was the one. Yeah, he gets a he gets a question mark. He gets a question. I want to point out that Liam Neeson is uncredited as Qui Gon Jinn archive sound. Is there even an archive sound? Is that something that Yoda hears? Maybe. Yeah, I I forget what the moment was. I looked this up. There's some scene where you can hear Qui Gon's echo underneath another piece of dialogue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 They're very vague. Anyway. Yeah, I give him a thumbs down for that. <laughs> he shouldn't have. He should have looked at his contract and made sure that they weren't allowed to. Fucking reuse his dialogue in other movies. Okay, so what's our final tally? Okay, so final tally is fifteen thumbs up. Okay, twenty thumbs down, and one question mark for Kenny Baker. I'm more comfortable with that. I still think we gave too many thumbs up. So who do we give thumbs up to? Kitfisto, all of the child <laughs> Jedi, both Kimonians. Ewan McGregor, Christopher <laughs> Anthony Lee, Daniels is... <laughs> Ian McDermott, Anthony Daniels as the bar patron. We gave, we gave uh, thumbs up to the whole cast of Dex's Diner. <laughs> we Joel Schumacher. <laughs> so good. I loved it when he told He's you. He's a nice guy. He also gave Jack Thompson an uh, underrated performance. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot we gave him that award. <laughs> and uh, Ian McGregor wait, 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 got possibly most like Lars. Like, right, okay, so most improved. Let's go on a couple other superlatives. Most improved is you and McGregor. Jack Thompson wins oh, underrated. I'd say uh, uh, Dexter Jester's MVP. Yeah, all right. He's the most memorable. Oh, uh, you're, so you're saying he's an MMP? <laughs> I'm so, I'm so hot and tired. We're so angry. I have to be on MP, MVR tomorrow. You're talking about joke theft. 
Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jack or Jester, he wins. He wins. Can we do a Sunshine episode and a Pixels episode? Yeah, what are we going to do next week? I don't remember this movie. What happens in Attack know. of the Clones? We got to get a guest on again next week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and we'll 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 reassess things in the movie we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, what know. are we going to do? Oh, well, we should do a commentary episode. We will do a commentary episode. Um, and and we'll do our commentary as well. Yes. I think the commentary episode, we're, we're going to do a bonus materials episode. It'll be a DVD episode. I think episode. it's going to be a DVD because of some of those deleted scenes I want to watch that uh, Lang was talking about in our romance episode. Oh, boy. Um, I want to watch some more documentaries about the casting of Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, we we will do. Uh, I, I I think we might do one on on the actual filmmaking. Yeah, you're really obsessed with that. As one. The that first one's going to be film. a snoozer. It's about uh, if we can get the right guest. I think if we can get a good guest for that. Oh, episode, I think it'll be I know who we should get for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good yeah, idea. yeah. Um, so yeah, it, we, we, schedules me and Griffin were telepathic right now. Yeah, and we could always do a fan fiction episode. Hey, I would love to. If you want to, if you want to dig up some fan fiction in advance, that's cool or weird, like I did last time. <laughs> Then you, if you down. want me to do the same thing I did last then episode, I'm yes, down. I would gladly do that. You remember the first fan fiction you tried to read, which was just like, it was so boring. I am a fast reader. In my head, everything takes 35 seconds. I read fucking Ulysses in a minute. Reading out loud, it's like a fucking snail's pace. I didn't know it was going to take that long rolling off the tongue. Who's another director you've auditioned for who gave you weird advice? Um, I mean, th- this is weird, but good advice. I think Joel Schumacher's best movie is Tigerland. Yeah. You know, I like Phone Booth. Really? I've never seen Phone Booth. You What? You should see it. It's weird. I, I had a really big paper that month. I remember distinctly I had a really big English paper that month, and I just was like, no movies this month. i got to work on this paper. It's a weird... You know what? The client's pretty good. You know, The Lost Boys is pretty good. So you love Joel Schumacher. Well, but then he also made like half a dozen of like the worst movies ever made. Yeah. Uh, weird, weird, weird director advice that I liked. I thought it was good, but it was like a weird note that I'd never heard before. Go for it. Uh, in audition, Edgar Wright told me that he finds not blinking funny. Interesting. So he was like, if it's Edgar too Wright hard, knows his shit. don't worry about Did it. Did you see Ant-Man? Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it a lot. I thought it was really solid. I think Ant-Man was great. I, I, really, I do. I do wonder what Edgar Wright would have would, would done. I do too. I think we only can judge it as the film it was. I totally agree. But I, 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 I and I think Peyton redirected the hell out of it. I think he yeah, did a great job. I did too. But but Edgar Wright told me he was like, if you can't do it, it's hard. I just yeah, I, I understand. I just like to test people this way. Was he don't? What was it? Scott Pilgrim? What were you Scott Pilgrim? For? Yeah. What were yeah. you gonna do? What was I your... I uh, was very close to playing young Neil in that movie. Ugh. You would have been a great young Neil. I just, but you know, whoever it is is good. Who he's is very it? good. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, very Johnny funny. Simmons. Johnny Simmons. He's very funny. He's very film. funny. I, th- I think I was number two. That's crazy. I was wow. Like, what if you were young Neil? Johnny Simmons had another movie, and it was a thing where they were yeah. trying to work out the scheduling. And I was like, for three <gasps> months, I had like dropped out of college six months earlier, and was like, I'm gonna be a movie star. And then like suddenly this thing happened, and they were like, if this kid can't work out his schedule, you are in Scott Pilgrim. And that was like a long shoot, right? Yeah, that's a great director's commentary. Or yeah. there, there are two commentaries on that. Yeah, uh, one is Edgar Wright, Michael Sarah, and Brian Lee O'Malley, and it's yeah. like a pretty fun but straightforward. And then one is like the supporting cast, mm-hmm. and what's her name? What, what's the lady? May from Whitman. Parkson? No, no. What's the Parkson? Uh, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza is hungover. Yeah. They're doing it after the premiere, I think. Yeah. And she is so mean and grouchy. Yeah. And then she gets in a fucking fight with Anna Kendrick, who is like her sort of chirpy self. Sure. 
about like you know like feeling uncomfortable about the like the sexy ladies that come with the Indian guys mm-hmm. uh, dance where Anna Kendra's like I think they look great and yeah. like and then it is tense for the rest. It's a great commentary. You should listen. I want to listen it. to that. It's crazy. Uh, I, I I anyway. I, it sounds like that scene took forever to shoot. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I think months. so. Yeah, that was a long shoot. Yeah, because yeah, I was very aware the entire time it was shooting that I was not uh, in not not in it. Oh, Chris Evans is great in that too. Yeah, everyone's great in that movie. Mm, um, yes. Yeah, I was sort of like the backup option you know, should he drop out for like months. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept on being like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Right. Um, and I got I got to audition for him. He complimented me on my ability to not blink that much, and he told me he was like. Well, young Neil, that is kind of because he is kind of like this weird zombie. Yeah, that was it the sort one, of makes sense. I like yeah. worked on this in my performance because I, I'm a very big uh, comic book fan. I was working at a comic book store at the time that I was auditioning and really wanted to quit my job and was like, oh, if I'm a movie star, I can quit my job. Right. So I just every day at work would like when no one was paying attention, just look through the books and like study the frames and try to figure out how to replicate the physical posture because so much of that character was like silent, responsive. Uh, and so I got really good at keeping my eyes open really wide. And he was like, if you could try to not blink at all, that'd be great. And he told me it was on Shaun of the Dead. Some of the zombies uh, would blink. And yeah. he was like, I don't want zombies blinking. No. So he digitally removed them. Uh-huh. And it worked so well. And he was like, oh, it's so much funnier when people don't blink. Then other movies since then, he sometimes takes out blinks when he thinks it'd be funnier. Wow. That's like he tells all actors, tick. like, if yeah, you yeah, cannot not blink, blink, that'd be great. But he was like, yeah, I took out a lot of like Nick Frost blinks and like hot fuzz. Because once I got in the editing room, I was like, man, a lack of blink there would kill it. What do you um, think the worst... Edgar Wright movie is. I think it's Hot Fuzz. I do too. Yeah. And that's, I mean. Do you know what I think the best one is though? World's End? Yeah. I'm, it's starting to grow on me. I watched it for the third time recently yeah. and the I liked it the least the one. first time I watched yeah, me it. Me too. And now, it gets yeah. better every time for me. It's actually a fantastic movie. Can I tell one nice story to like put an end on this yeah, thing and sure. try to be positive because now I'm like remembering a nice thing that happened in my life. Yeah. I'll allow it. So I was like obsessed with the Scott Pilgrim books. And I was oh, working at this too. comic book store. Fucking obsessed with those books. Obsessed. And I would like treat them the way that like Kids treat Harry Potter when a new one came out. I would like run home and read it the, like first thing I want, like before anyone ruined anything about it. Yeah, I was like Me deep, too. deep Me into too. comics at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the, when the movie was being cast, the last two or three books still hadn't come out. I believe that's right. When the, when the movie came out, the last book hadn't come out. Right. So yeah. I'd already gotten really into it. And the movie's kind of based on the first three books, and then the rest is kind of them, no, them doing Well, I'll tell thing. you, when I uh, scoop, 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 scoop. But when I auditioned, the whole last uh, act of the film was entirely different right. because they still hadn't, like, Brian Lee O'Malley hadn't figured out yet. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, communicating to figure out how to make both things end in vaguely the same place. Um, but love the books. Uh, so, like, the final book, I think, comes out maybe a month before the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's been, like, two years since I first auditioned. Six months on the bench waiting to hear if I got the part, didn't get it, was very depressed about it for a while, was tracking the whole thing. When I snuck into a screening and saw it early when there were like people handing out flyers on the street, test screenings, I loved it and was like, I hate I'm not in this, but I get to watch this movie. This great, whatever it is. And I go to uh, near Comic-Con with my buddies and he's doing a signing there. The book has just come out and I step up to get my book signed from him and he looks up at me and says, have we met before? And I said, no. And he went, are you sure? You look like really familiar. And I was like, no. And he's like, we definitely like didn't meet like a con or something. Wow. wow. So he's pressing it. And I was like, I mean, I don't think this would like, but I was like kind of close to getting cast as young Neil. And he was like, yeah. Right. That's you. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, yeah. Because I remember your tape distinctly. You look exactly like the real life Aww. friend I based the guy on. 
And I like really like the idea of you playing it because you were just identical. Like, that's it. They're like, that's what he looks like. You had like. the energy. Right. Like you were totally not even playing Young Neil in the books, but you're playing the real guy. And he like signed uh, my book and he drew Young Neil on it and he said like, uh, uh, nice meeting you. It was like really nice. It was nice to like two years later be like, oh, you know. This fucking industry. Sometimes people say like, "No, of shit. course." You never know if but it's true. But that was obviously not him bullshitting you. That's Two years like, later, he remembered my because he would have just been like, like, "Oh, forget it." Yeah, but he, he was, was like, like, "No." It emotionally who affected are you? me. I thought it was really sweet to watch someone, and and it had the effect of like you you were playing the I'm guy. Giving him a little pat. Yeah, this episode might be our longest ever episode. That's not true. Well, well, the commentary is. Yeah, longer. we'll cut some stuff out. No, we won't. No, no, no. Add stuff in. Add stuff in. Yeah, sure. Ben, if you could add some stuff in. Yep. Yeah, if you can cut in like more of the erotic fan fiction. I could do that. that yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do that. Um, maybe some Michael Jackson music. Would love that. Can you end this episode with "Don't Stop Till You Get Enough"? I yeah, think, yeah. Uh, play it six times. <laughs> yeah, sure. loop. yeah. Just back to back to back. And if they sue us, tell them uh, they can take all their complaints right to the UCB, right to the top. To my boss. Yeah. yeah. To, the, to the, the big four. All the way to Besser. To the big four. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Tell them to knock on Amy Poehler's door. Yeah. Right. Um, well, can Amy Poehler be a guest on this show? Definitely, we'll get her on next week. I'll email her see if she's interested. What is she? Amy at UCB dot com or something like that. It's actually Amy dot Poehler Poehler at, at Gmail. <laughs> that is R I P Harris Whittles. That is one of Harris Whittles is one of my favorite tweets of his, which was just like like here's a little scoop. Everyone you yeah. like, their email address is just their name at gmail dot com. <laughs> Anytime I've ever gotten an acting job where I'm like a tiny part in a thing with big ass yeah. actors yeah. and there's a mass email, I'm like, oh, literally everyone's email is like Tom it's... at gmail dot com. <laughs> Everyone, you could guess any celebrity's email. <laughs> Now, whether they'll reply to you, that's another story. Well, they're busy. They're very busy They're people. very busy people. Um, uh, Producer Ben, thank you so much as always. Oh, of course. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Fennel. Uh, this has uh, been been a very angry one, but I think we worked through some of our issues. I feel less stressed out than I did walking in. Me too. In. This is the best episode that's ever been recorded in any Of media. any podcast. Yeah, Slight's no. going to have to revise their list. And as always, don't stop until you get enough. <laughs>